Ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chicky Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, this is Chicky Fitzgerald, and I have a special treat for you, especially those of you who have a heart for giving. This is our special broadcast, actually it's the inaugural broadcast of Uncommon Giving. I did this show a number of years ago and have wanted to reinstate it for a long time. And my good friend Linda Rendelman has agreed to be the uh, initial guest on the new broadcast. So Linda, welcome. Well, thank you so much. I'm in such a good spot. I, I'm just so looking forward to, to talking with you, and I love the name of this, Uncommon Giving. That's, that's, right. That sounds very well, cool. Well, you know, we everybody has their own perception about giving back and doing things that have lasting impact. Some people think about, you know, changing their own family and, you know, that their kids or grandkids, you know, will have – a better uh, environment than they do. And other people like you have a way more global view of that. And and we're going to be talking about one of your books today, Women Like Us, Together Changing the World. And, and I love the tagline, which actually appears at the top of the cover of the book, Real Stories and Real Strategies. And, and you put this book together uh, compiling stories from a lot of different folks that you have run across in in your life and, and in your journey toward giving back. Linda, tell us a little bit about you, uh, you know, before you were Linda the author and Linda the philanthropist, you know, who were you? Did you think about this as a young girl or is this something that, that evolved over time? Uh, you know what? Um that's a really good question because I don't know that I, I knew I was thinking about it as a young girl, but as I look back now, several decades later, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I was really, um, I, I think it, it it's part of my DNA. Um, I was a Girl Scout when everybody else, you know, like was a Girl Scout in the sixth grade, but by high school they dropped it. I was a Girl Scout until I couldn't be a Girl Scout any longer. I love <laughs> scouting. I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. And somewhere in, the, in, in my lifetime, I'm going to give to the Girl Scouts because I was just a Girl Scout. Um, and I also, we traveled around a lot as a kid. I, I would actually lived in 15 or went to 15 different schools by the time I was 14 years old. And I was always, um, and I think it's, I think I talked about it in this particular book actually, um, but I, but I always um, was drawn to the kids who were left out, uh, and the kids that like that, you know, maybe the other kids rejected that weren't a part of the cool crowd, and um, <laughs> that, those are my, those are my real important friendships that I actually do remember as a child. So um, I think it was always. It was always a part of my DNA, yeah. And it ended up being really, truly, truly, then once college was over and, and things were organized, um, really my life's work, quite honestly. 
Well, you know, it is so funny because you and I haven't had a chance to talk about our backgrounds. We've been kind of focused on, you know, doing some business together uh, in in your organization, uh, which is called the Women Like Us Foundation, and my, my tech company, which provides a fundraising tool for nonprofits. But the funny thing is, I moved around a lot too, not quite as much as you. I went to two grade schools, two uh, uh, junior highs, which is what we called them then before they became right. middle schools, right? And and uh, and I went to two high schools. And that moving around, and I, I was a Girl Scout also, but I didn't see it through high school, but mostly because I was also a rebel. So uh, that was when the rebellious side of me kicked in. But yeah. it's interesting that uh, gravitating toward people who who can't do things for themselves, right? Because they're forgotten, or you know, I mean, whatever their their plight is. Uh, I can see how the moving around, um, and, and even gravitating toward the Girl Scouts, right? Because that's the one thing that from community to community, you know, there is some sameness and some comfort uh, around that. Yes. Yeah. Good point. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. Mm-hmm. So when when you decided uh, to begin writing, um, what what was your motivation? Um, sure, and um, I, I'm going to try to be succinct as I speak with you. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, we'll, you know, this will be a two hour show. Um, <laughs> so, well, I got my degree in public speaking and English, and my master's degree in women's counseling. And so I'm one of those, I was just talking to my daughter this morning about her son and what he's going to do when he goes to college. And, and it was like, I, I'm one of the lucky people that I got my education in actually something that I'm doing yet today. So I feel really lucky about that. Um, the impetus for writing was prior to the foundation, I had a, a for-profit company for about 10, 12 years but it was still the same thing. It wasn't a foundation, but it was called Business Women Connect. And it was very much, it was a membership organization company. I did a lot of workshops uh, uh, helping women find their voice and, and be networking workshops, intentional purpose workshops. Um, and I, I was just very much into even what I do today right now. And then I had started a charity to go along with my for-profit. Uh, so it was Business Women Connect Foundation. And shortly after I set all of that up, I found out that I had cancer. And mm. so um, I had done a lot of, a lot of work with, with women prior to this. Um, I did a lot of what we called at the time uh, editorials, which were really blogs. Um, and so my first book that I wanted to write was going to be a collection of my my writings that I had done with this for-profit, and um, but when I found out that I that I had uh, had a neck cancer, I had a, a knot. I always tell people whenever they ask me uh, about my life because it was a knot on the side of my neck, which after a couple of rounds of antibiotics, they uh, did finally do a biopsy, and so it was uh, it was cancer that was coming from my tonsil. And along with that cancer, everything stopped. At at that point, I was doing a television show uh, for women every Sunday morning on our local Fox affiliate. And I I mean, I was really, really in in the middle of it. And um, so all of that had to stop for a while. And when 
when I got my cancer, I realized, oh, my gosh, I have it. You know, it's like this can't be happening to me. Uh, what mm-hmm. about my kids? Uh, I don't want to leave them any credit card debt. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, just all the things that run through your thing. mind. And, and right. One of the things, yes. And one of the things that runs in my mind is that, oh, my gosh, I haven't written my book yet. That's, you know, the, the, the things that you all still want to do with your life. And that was definitely mm-hmm. one of them. So when I got well, um, the first thing that I did was write that book. And so that was the first Women Like Us book, uh, Real Stories and Strategies for Living Your Best Life. So that got me got me uh, on my way. And the at this point, I did not have – I had to shut down my charity. And I, I, I didn't know if I would ever use it again. I, I just – in my mind's eye – because it, we really hadn't gotten started with the charity part yet. Um, but in my mind's eye, I, I took my dream of having a foundation and put it in a beautiful little box. I can still see it in my brain mm-hmm. and put it up in the top of my closet. And I thought, someday, I don't know when, I don't know how it's going to happen, but someday I'm going to bring this little beautiful little box down and I am going to go forward with my life and I'm going to have this charity that I always wanted. And mm. fast forward, I finished my first book and uh, it was so, so well received that my good friend said to me, Linda, don't you still have your charity? And I said, yes. And she said, why don't you just change the name of Business Women Connect? And so anyway, we did. And we that's how the Women Like Us Foundation was born because our my first book was Women Like Us. So, right. um, so that's, that's the story of how we ended up with the foundation. I eventually sold the other business and we're full-time uh, the Women Like Us Foundation today. But it really did start with the first book. Huh. Um, oh, that's such a great story, and and it's funny because this show started at, at ten years ago. Uh, my company, my core company's name uh, was Solutions, and so the show was originally Solutions Live, and then mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time, I ran a a women's an executive women's organization called the Executive Girlfriends Group. And I ah. I wanted to have this group of women that uh, could be both sides of themselves, right, or all sides of themselves maybe is a better way to say it, so that it wasn't just a business networking group or just a you know a, a you know a book club or something like that, right? It was you could talk about every part of your life, and oh. and then that kind of had its own season and then when i wrote my book which is an allegorical business novel called the game changer i thought well you know what that's really what i'm all about no matter whether it's in philanthropy or whether it's in technology or business models so i changed the name of the radio show and and the name of my consulting company to uh the game changer network and then moved all of my tech stuff over into solutions innovation so it is just so funny how we have so many parallels we do, and isn't it great to be able to to have the ability to do these things? I mean, I just I I don't think I could have just me with my personality. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel so blessed that I'm doing exactly what I want to do. As exhausting and frustrating as it gets at times, 
<laughs> exactly. Well, Linda, let's dive into the book because uh, okay. this book actually uh, came out last year. And uh, again, the title of the book is Women Like Us Together Changing the World. And and this book is is very, very interesting to me because you tell a, a lot of different angles of the story about these women who have a heart for making a difference for humanity. And, you know, that it's really, it's a gift. And, and I know people who have, uh, you know, they have very specific things that they have a heart for, and maybe it's their family and they're just the bare, best caretakers of their family. And then there are other people who are community focused and, and they're very involved in their local community. And there are others who actually want to make a generational difference. Right. And and that and maybe it's because and it's funny to say this because this actually isn't true, but maybe it's because it's a little bit less personal and a little less time consuming for me to have that global and long term focus. I never really thought about it that way. But uh, I was thinking as I was driving down the road the other day, well, what if somebody asked you, Chickie, well, what charities do you devote time to? And I thought, you know what? Time is my most precious commodity, right? So I actually don't devote time, but I'm trying to build a billion-dollar tech company so I can be giving $100 million back to charity every year, right? Because go. I do yes. want to change generations, right? So these women that you talk to for uh, the book and, and to prepare for writing this book, how did you decide who you were going to include well, it's interesting because this, uh, the book, this particular book, is the corresponding book to our documentary. So um, I, I knew who I wanted to pick because a lot of these women are women that I have worked with for some time through the Women Like Us Foundation. And then they were also, they are also in our documentary. So it was, it was, and, and I, it was so easy. I've just, as, as it being my third book and as long as I've been doing this, I've met along the way so many amazing amazing women that I could have I mean the book could have been like twice as thick but um mm. but yeah so so it it wasn't hard because I actually have relationships with every one of these women that are in my book except for maybe a few that I had I had to kind of seek out like I'm looking at the uh the, like the section that we did on sex trafficking um there's 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 one woman in there who I wanted uh, it from the legal side, and I, I had to go out and find someone that had the expertise to to write in the book about the legal side of of arresting pimps and you know how was sex trafficked uh, women right. uh, victims and put in jail and you know that that side. So I did have to seek out a few, but I knew what I was looking for that I wanted to add to the book. And it wasn't that hard because there's amazing women out there that are, are doing this kind of work. And I, I love that I got to highlight them, you know. So right. They said yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. So, this documentary has a lot to do with the contents of the book as well. Very, very interesting. So, so Linda, tell, tell us about the document, the documentary, because you have, have put together this documentary and you're doing some interesting things to, to roll it out and having folks at a local level actually uh, showing the documentary. Can you tell us how that's been going? Right, absolutely. It's been going beautifully. Um, the film, you can you can get it a couple of different ways if you want to show it. Um, in fact, I have 
let's see, I think we have a couple more showings coming up in October. Um, it was just shown, where was it? I think it was in Oregon. Um, so there are, there's a lot of people that are attracted to it. The title is Women Like Us, again, Women Like Us, Three Journeys, One Mission to Change the World. And um, it, it's really about, uh, about myself as an author and an activist. My daughter, who is a uh, television uh, host and an, and an Emmy Award-winning journalist, and the, the woman who was actually the filmmaker, her name is Sally Cologne. So it was the story about the three of us going off to Africa to volunteer and to help, which is the three, it's, and there were three women in Africa that we support as the foundation. So it was really easy. We went to each of those three, three spots. Um, and told the stories of those women in Kenya and what they have done and how they have, uh, they are doing their part to change the world for the most part and us learning more and more about it. And then the second half of the film, we come back to the United States and we realize that there is just as much need in the United States as well as there is anywhere in the world. And we cover topics such as uh, teen suicide, uh, we had, uh, we don't any longer have this program with the foundation. It's broken off on its own, but we had a teen girl uh, mentoring program that we did here in the United States. Uh, there's a part of the film is uh, of a woman who has been fighting sex trafficking, and we rode along with her in the middle of the night in LA and filmed a lot of that. Um, and mm. then uh, another woman who has been helping the homeless forever, forever and built up this amazing charity called the Dream Center, also in L.A. Uh, and then finally, um, uh, I'm trying to think what the third thing is. You can come back to it as you remember. I just faced it. But, but the point is, the documentary is, is highlighting, highlighting the, need for, the need for women to use their basic abilities and their innate skills to be able to change the world, telling the stories of the ones that have, and uh, a call to action at the end of the day to, you know, to step up and do, do whatever you want to do. Find what your passion is. Maybe volunteer, or not maybe volunteer, but maybe as you volunteer, you'll find your passion. And right. it can be something, something as, as small as, you know, holding the hands of children walking across the street to a, a, a foundation like we have that is international or, or anything mm -hmm. in between. But when we as women come together in collaboration and communication and really join arms, as which is what's going on right now, which is so amazingly fabulous, we can really make things happen in this world. And, and I just want to say as an aside the fact that this is what is going on with women right now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm getting cold chills because it's so, having been in this business for 30 years, it is so cool to see what all these women are doing. So, um, mm. and we're right there with them. Absolutely. Well, I love it. So you've got the, the book actually segregated in, into sections. And mm -hmm. the, the first section really deals with the model for women's leadership, right? Yes. And these women who have, in, in lots of different ways, have demonstrated that leadership. So we can't, we don't have time to go through all of them. Can you maybe pick your, your favorite story out of that section sure. about leadership? 
Absolutely. Well, I, that's why I put Diane Hudson up front and center for the first story because, uh, and by the way, this story also, there's pieces in here of my own story and then all of these others, other women. So it's, it's pretty interwoven actually. But Diane Hudson was the producer of the Oprah show. And Diane Hudson, uh, is a, is an African American woman. When Oprah started, started everyone in her, on her team were all women. And she talks in, in, in her story about her time with, with Oprah. And at the end of the day, she really does make the point that if we all come together, and she's in the film, by the way, too. In fact, she closes out the film. Mm. And, and it's very, it's very cool the way she puts it because she says, you know what time it is. It's time for women to stand together. It's time for us to realize that, you know, we can pull together as women and, uh, just it's just a it's just a really great piece and I think it sets the tone for the entire book. So I was just thrilled to have her write her piece for the for the book. And one of the things that she says is is get yourself aligned with the stuff that's in the back of your mind and is calling you. Mm. And I love that. I think that's so motivational and that's 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 what we want everyone to, to think about, you know, because we again, we as women you know, we get to a point in our lives when we go, is there anything else? Or maybe your kids are grown or, you know, and just, you know, you're just ready to see what else is in the world. And right. I know there's something in your brain that's come across it. So, you know, pull that back out again, you know, make that. No, and you're yourself. absolutely right. And and sometimes I think God just has to get our attention. My my moment like that was when I turned 45 and ended up having to have a, a hysterectomy, uh, you know, way, way premature. But uh, yeah. but I had already had my kids and I had adopted my son from Russia. And, you know, I, I knew I w wasn't going to be doing any childbearing anytime soon. But that three months uh, of lying in bed and, and I, I, I really didn't get out of bed for the better part of the first month. And, you know, I just went through everything in my head of of what I had done and what I was doing. And I realized just starkly that there was no joy. I was really good at what I did and I made a lot of money and I could make a lot of money in a short period of time because I had a strategic consulting firm. Uh, but if there's no joy left, right? I mean, there's just no point. And that was when I realized I needed to build something that would not only make money while I slept, because that was kind of the, the first criteria is I didn't want to work as hard as I had been. Now, of course, then I went into being a tech entrepreneur. That has not exactly been a walk in the park and eating bonbons. But, oh, I bet. Uh, but I have joy in my life because I love what I'm doing and I'm loving what we can empower other people like you to do with what we have built. And and so there's more than one way to give, and there's definitely more than one way to be a leader. And and you've got the story of a number of women in this first section: Nancy O'Reilly, uh, the story behind my drive to empower women; Rachel Roy, if you put enough steps together, change happens; uh, Patricia, and is it Darkea? Yes. I'm. I'm. Good job. Yeah. 
um, the woman I am today, Sally Cologne Petrie, from the streets of Chicago to a filmmaker. And and so, again, we don't have time to go into all of those, but uh, let's touch again uh, on, on Section 2, which is this chapter on sex trafficking, which, you know, is kind of one of the things that, uh, that brought us together because uh, my chief marketing officer of the company runs a nonprofit for sex trafficking, you know, focusing on... on saving teens out of human slavery. And, and so when you and I met, it was like we had this instant, you know, thing to talk about. Um, right. But it is a very, very, uh, you know, interesting subculture. And I, I interviewed a girl a couple of weeks ago who actually is working. There's a, a county just north of Tampa that has decided that they're going to be a sex uh trafficking free zone where they are eradicating the demand right yeah. they're not just rescuing the the teens after they've been saved they're yeah. actually eradicating demand and yeah, and so it's, it's just so interesting mhm mm mm -hmm, right so uh tell me uh, again of of the stories in this section again you you got a a chapter on changing the state law and helping the victims which is what most of these organizations are involved in doing love and courage for a better world why didn't you tell someone is one of the chapters uh purchased and another one what these girls want is love so which one of those uh would you like to share with us Oh, wow. You know, I love the all I know it's hard. It's like making so you tell me which much. of your children is your favorite. The one, you know, the one, uh, yes, there is there is movement. And Linda Smith is the, the one, uh, Linda Smith changing state laws. She's a congresswoman that is, uh, her charity is Shared Hope International. And she's, mm. she's doing amazing things making that happen. The one that I, that moved me the most, though, is Katie Roche. Uh, why didn't you tell someone? And it's and this is her story is not is not singular. I'm quite sure, but she um, she had been uh, trafficked since she was seven years old, and mm. it was a fam it was a family member. And her story is so sad. She would she would go to spend time at her grandmother's in the summertime, and um, her uncle would traffic her. And it, it was it was anything from you know it started out uh, online, uh, where where basically people would see her online and and do these things and right. uh, to to eventually being taken out physically places and and being sold and um, I mean she, she that's an injured person that will never be well when those kinds of things happen to you uh but she has finally finally she's through that her story is, is really quite amazing uh and it was it was finally when she was like 60 pounds and a sophomore in high school that a teacher took notice there is something wrong with this child and it was through a teacher that she finally because you know you don't talk mm -hmm. about it you're fearful the teacher right, right. finally finally got her help, and that's why she, when she finally escaped that whole horrible life that she had had to lead. So, um, you know, there's 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 if you can do anything to anyone who is listening, what we can do is know the signs, be aware, mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to get involved and help 
these children. And there is so much more I can say about sex trafficking, and, and you know a lot of right. this as well. And that's one of the Yeah, topics. yeah, you know, I've spent my whole adult life in the travel industry. And, and when yeah. George, who's my, my CMO, uh, he had been the chief brand officer uh, for Sabre. And Sabre, you know, is a large travel technology company. And I was very surprised when they adopted sex trafficking as their uh, their cause, right, as a company. And, it, you know, it, it actually seemed a little risky to me that a corporation would do that, quite mm -hmm. frankly. But when George explained to me that it was because the travel industry is an unwitting participant really? in sex trafficking, right, airlines and, and hotels, really nice hotels, right, because uh, the ones doing the buying, right, are quite often, you know, well-to-do businessmen, right, and and women. I mean, I, I'm sure it's not just uh, on the male side, but and, anyway. And uh, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, we, we could spend a long time on that. I want to make sure that we have a, a chance to touch on homelessness because this is another yeah. one of the uh, causes that are near and dear to your heart. Right, right, right. Um, so, so what, one of the women that I think is, is that this is a little more upbeat. <laughs> uh, Marie Griffin, uh, wrote a piece in, in our section on homelessness. And I just, I just love this woman because she does have such a beautiful heart, but she's also a change maker, quite honestly. I mean, she, mm -hmm. she goes, she did the most fabulous things. So when, um, let's see, it was, um, it was when several years ago when all of the things were going on in in Haiti and all of these oh no no it was it was I'm sorry I have to think about it because I wrote this last <laughs> that's okay it was Katrina it was Katrina when you know all of the people were lost their homes and they had to move away and you know it was just such a, such an amazing time in our country to have to deal with this tragedy um and if you recall, it was in like late summer. Well, we were still dealing obviously with Katrina and still are. Um, yes. And the holidays were coming up and Marie and her sister, Marie is a, owns a, a public relations firm in New York City and she had contacts. And so she, they decided that these kids were going to have a Christmas. And so she reached mm -hmm. out to many, many people and they ended up with hundreds and hundreds of gifts for these kids so that these kids could still have Christmas. And that's why um, I wrote the title, uh, the, the title of hers was Santa Knows Where You're Sleeping. And that was mm. the name of the, the, the initiative that she put together. So they were able to take all of these Christmas gifts to these kids that were, and they had to find them and locate them, but that was just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing that she did and it was so amazing that it ended up being on CNN and then they did the same thing the following year and CNN even offered them a plane and they went to another country mm. um, to do it as well so she she kept that going for a few years and um, you know just that she saw a need and she knew how to fill it and that's very very much you know we can apply that to ourselves and that's really what charity is about um, right. Or volunteering, or whatever you want to do, is seeing the need, having an answer, uh, or finding an answer, and you know, helping to to fulfill that need. And that's that's I just that's 
so humanitarian. You know, it's just mm-hmm. so much shows our love for one another. And, and I do very much believe at the end of the day that most people are like that. And most people do do want to help and, and have make sure that other right. people have a good quality right life, and so. and quite often they just don't know where to start now i i do want to want to touch really quickly on on education before we close uh in talking about kenya um so t- tell me one of the uh, just a synopsis of one of the stories on education yeah so with education um celeste mergens is a friend of mine and she started a charity called days for girls i don't know if you're familiar with it or not Mm-mm. But she came, she was, I had a small charity and she was laying in bed one night and she realized, and this was her story in the book, that she, what she could do that at this time no one else had been doing was to help these girls, these teen girls in third world countries stay in school. Because something that we, I hadn't thought much about until I met her and now we're, we have thought, we have participated with her in, in some projects. But that when girls are on their period, they many, many times they do not have any protection. So they miss school. And they sit on grass. They sit on dirt. They're ashamed. You know, it's a a shaming time for them. So you add that up once a month, five to six days, eventually they get so far behind that they just drop out. And so what, what Celeste has done is she has... She created a sustainable feminine hygiene kit, is what she calls it. So she created a pattern to be able to make sanitary mm. pads out of cloth that are washable. And these, these, these sanitary pads allow these girls to stay in school for two to three years because they're washable and they can reuse them, obviously, every single month. Right. And um, we took a whole bunch of those. To, uh, to one of our places in Kenya, to the teen girls. And I have an amazing video on the, on the, our website about how thrilled they are. They're hugging these little bags that have these sanitary pads in them. And mm. um, we found volunteers, uh, sewers, that, have been, that sew them, and then we take them to Kenya. And um, what we're doing right now, actually, is um, teaching them to be able to make them for themselves as well. So it's very, very cool, and I just love Celeste for recognizing that that would be such an important piece of a girl's education. But it is. Mm. Who knew? Right. Who would even think about that? That's amazing. So I know you have so many stories about Kenya, and again, I don't want to make you choose here, but but, uh, I do want to be mindful of your time this afternoon. So why don't you just close us out on on your your, uh, favorite Oh, the favorite story in Kenya? We're also in the United States. That's where our sex trafficking, that's where we really work with the sex trafficking. Um, Let's see, my favorite story in Kenya. My favorite story in Kenya would be when I was at the Noel School that we support, and there was this baby, a little baby sitting on a blanket. Um, The mother was part of the kitchen um, crew, I guess. And they were cooking, you know, in an iron pot over a live fire and making some soup, I believe, or some some something, some porridge for the kids. Um, and this baby was sitting there with a little shirt on and no diaper. And I walked over, and she was so darling. And I asked them, I asked the mother if I could pick her up. 
And the mother said, yes, you can pick her up. And so I was holding her. And the mother came up to me, and I said, well, what is her name? And she said, her name is Faisana Brown. And she said, will you take her to America? Oh. And I thought, I, you know, I thought she was just joking, or not joking, but wasn't serious. And I said, oh, I forget what I said, but it was something like, oh, I couldn't do that. You don't want to lose your child. And she said, yes, I do. She said, please take her. Take her with you. Take her to America. And it just shook me to my core. It really, truly did. And, of course, she's still, she's, when I went back the following year, it was very cool to see Faisana Brown a little bit bigger. And every time I go back, I check on her. And, you know, and every time her mother asks me to take her to America, every time I mm. see her. So, um but you know this family was sleeping on the ground behind the behind the school and she her husband had left and she had like seven children and so you know there's just a lot of desperation and and right. back to a lot of a lot of need need there so um yeah lots of stories lots of stories lots of uh lots of uh, lots of knowledge uh right. when you really start looking into um the way people live their lives and 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 the, and again I go back to the need which is everywhere but right. I will say I will say for for people that are listening that the mistake that I made when I first started is I thought I could help everyone and we can't and it's no. really okay but it's like the starfish story you know so you know if you can throw one starfish from the beach back into the ocean it means something to that one so yeah. um yeah so that's that you have to kind of get your perspective but anyway so the so the books are very much about outreach and creating awareness and that's that's mm -hmm. why I write them that's why I write them is uh is to hopefully people will read them and and understand um that um there are a lot of people that are that are that are you know involved in making a difference and we as women coming together have that ability to 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 really create change and um, all for the greater good. Well, so. Linda, I love, I love hearing your passion about this. Again, we have been talking to Linda Rendelman, who is both the founder of Women Like Us Foundation and the author of a number of books that have the Women Like Us uh, title. And if you search for it on Amazon or any one of the online uh, publications, you will find this one, which is called Together, Changing the World real stories and real strategies. Linda, thank you so, so much. And can you give folks uh, the URL of, of the foundation? Uh, absolutely. And I just want to pop in here and say I am so excited about your technical application that we are now using for um, for travel uh, because when we when we can help people travel they're out getting awareness and seeing seeing what's going on in the world as well so whether it's for pleasure or for business or for you know humanitarian work so thank you for that so much chicky um well I, you're I welcome and for those who who don't know what that is it's a it's a product called traveling to give we allow any 501c3 to utilize this as a part of their portfolio of fundraising. Anyone who uses it, as Linda said, for any kind of travel, uh, for any reason, 
to anywhere, uh, literally around the globe, we donate 25% of our revenue stream back to uh, that charity. And because Linda also helps other charities, we've given her a framework where she can then share it with other charities and, and we will you know, continue to give her uh, a donation for that activity plus uh, the charity that she shares it with. So uh, we are hoping, uh, again, and this is something I just want to touch on real quickly before we go, you know, we we talked a little bit about how, you know, people may not know where they can help, right? And I want to encourage business owners to look at your business models. Uh, you may not know that companies who give more are more profitable. And, you know, sometimes I'll have folks say, well, why are you giving away 25% of your revenue stream? Um, and and from a practical perspective, that donation that we make uh, ends up, benefiting our investors, right? They get to take uh, the benefit of that deduction. And and so we've turned the model upside down and, and we've given people a way to donate and help Linda's uh, particular cause, right? And those, those other um, women-led charities that she works with. And I want to be able to measure my balance sheet, not in dollars and cents, but in women saved from human slavery or teens saved from human slavery, uh, you know, people uh, finding a home after being homeless and all of these things of being able to quantify that. So if we're, as I said, building a billion dollar company so we can give a minimum of a hundred million to charity that we can then go back and show the impact of that generationally, community wise, and ultimately, uh, the impact on humanity. And if, if I, as a small company, a small tech company can do this, imagine what the big companies in this country could do. Completely. Yeah, it's very exciting. And thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, well, Angela, my pleasure, uh, Linda. Uh, again, share, share with our listeners, if they want to learn more about women like us, how they, how they can sure, reach you. Yeah. Well, you go to our website, obviously, womenlikeusfoundation.org, womenlikeusfoundation.org. And we're doing a lot of speaking around the country right now as well. So if you want us to come and um, to, to speak, bring the film or whatever, you know, just you'll find all that information on the website. Fabulous. Well, Linda, have a great weekend and uh, we will be talking soon. Thank you, you as well, and thank you so much, Chicky. Thanks for being the first, the first person on your, on your um, <laughs> latest, latest adventure here. So it's wonderful. Well, thank I you. really appreciate it, Linda. So go out and change your world today. Be a game changer. Give in an uncommon way, and join us again next week. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Game Changer. Ideas, inspiration, innovation with Chickie Fitzgerald.